Our Father, we bless your name this morning. We worship you. You are great. You are great. You are great. You are great. You are very great. We worship you, our great King. Bless you. Thank you, our great God, our Father. We honor your name. We bless you. We are privileged to be called your children, to be called your own, to be named according after you, Father, from whom all the family in heaven and earth is named, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Almighty, the one who is more than enough, bigger than everything, you created all things by your will. They are, they exist, and they are created. We bless your sovereignty. Thank you, because all things are subject to you. All things in heaven and earth beneath belong to you. You and your, your glorious, beautiful Son, Jesus, whom we reverence also this morning, our Lord in heaven, seated at your right hand, our, our beautiful master, um, the master, the Lord of our soul, to whom we gather unto our life, our hope, our joy, our salvation, our beauty, our adornment. Lord Jesus, we worship you this morning. We bring the sacrifice of our songs, our heart, just trying to use words to capture how we regard you, how we revere you, how we praise your name, how hallowed your name is in our heart. We pray you accept our worship this morning. We pray that let your presence, your spirit, your grace, oh God, let it be upon us today. Open up your heart afresh again, Lord, like you've never done before. Come and minister to us and bless our souls. Oh, Lord Jesus, I pray, come and make my tongue as a pen of a ready writer. Help me, teach me, teach me, school me as you use me. I want to, I want to write, Lord, the spirit, not the letter, for the letter kill it but it's the spirit that give it life. Lord Jesus, you say the words that you speak, they are spirit and they are life. It's the spirit that quicken it. Put your words in my mouth this morning so that you can bless your people. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory and all the honor to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Good morning to you. You can have your seats. Thank you. Glory to Jesus. Um, let's open our Bibles to <coughs> Second Corinthians chapter three. Oh, <laughs> 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Your glory come down. I want to see your glory. To see your glory. To see six. Your glory come down as I praise your name. Oh, heaven will reign, we'll see your glory come down. Second Corinthians chapter three, praise. Um, verse eight. Praise God. Let's see. Okay. Verse. um, Verse 1. Okay. Let's just read from verse 1. It says, Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from? From you, ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men, for, for as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshy tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to God's word. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Praise Jesus, who has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. Amen. Amen. The letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. But if the ministration of death written and engraving in stones was was glorious so that the children of Israel could not 
steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance and which glory was to be done away and how shall not the ministration of the spirit be rather glorious for if the ministration of condemnation be glory much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory for even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the of the glory that excelleth for if that which is done away was glorious much more that which remaineth is glorious and then seeing that we have such hope we use great word great plainness of speech amen um, and not as Moses which put a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished but their minds were blinded for until this day remained the same veil on taking away in the reading of the Old Testament which veil is done away in Christ but even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, but we all with open face beholding us in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, a change into the same image from glory to glory, even, uh, even by, all, by the Spirit. Praise God. So the, the change from glory to glory, then even as by what? As by the Spirit. So the, the Spirit um, is the, is the, <coughs> the, one who walks out the glory or the um, the transformation, amen, from glory, it says from glory to glory, praise God. Uh, now, Romans chapter 14, I think, um, where he said the kingdom, verse 17, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but is righteousness, and then what? Peace, and what else is there? And joy, where? In the Holy Ghost, so righteousness, peace, and joy. It's clear that these three are 
glories. They are um, they are different different allocation, different dimensions of glory in the Holy Ghost. Amen. This, the Holy Ghost is, is also is the spirit of glory. And everything in him is righteousness. Um, in righteousness in the Holy Ghost, there is also glory, praise God, that is um, kept in the dimension of righteousness. Then when righteousness becomes more glorious, it becomes peaceful, right? Then when peace becomes more glorious, it becomes what? It becomes joy. So, see, the journey from righteousness to peace to joy uh, is a journey of change in the spirit. From glory to where? For, from glory to glory. He says that, but we all, that's back to Second Corinthians chapter 3, that we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into what? Into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the word, even as by the spirit of the Lord. So the, the, you can, it's clear that the spirit of the Lord is an agent of change and uh, change which the spirit will wrought is according to specifications of glory in the spirit. Um, is when it takes the soul, it moves the soul from, from one glory, amen, you see that? From one word, from one glory to another glory. From, it says from glory to what? To glory even as by the spirit of the Lord. Amen. Um, the glory which the of the Spirit um, which the Spirit will wrought, how it produces um, glory in the soul um, is uh, by giving the soul, helping the soul to come into configuration, uh, various configuration, state of being. Praise Jesus. Amen. Is there a way to increase the fan? Is this the maximum speed? That's the max? Okay. Praise God. The different states of being in the spirit um, there is a, there's a tie between the soul, a strong tie between the soul and, um, or there's a, something about the soul that yearns for the, that is, makes it always in the pursuit of glory, always in the chase of glory, that every soul is, after looking for 
a kind of glory. You wonder what for glory is, you can call glory covering, right? Glory means a type of covering um, which the soul, and the reason why the soul looks for glory is because the soul is a is an inward man who desires and who seeks to be covered, right? An inward man who desires a kind of covering, who um, doesn't like nakedness, he doesn't like to be without any a type of covering. Praise God. And one thing you realize is that the realm of the spirit the realm of the spirit is a realm of glories. That every entity in the spirit um, is positioned at a particular place with a particular type and configuration of glory in their nature. So, and so uh, man, God put man at a certain place with a certain kind of um, with, a, with a kind of uh, init- an initial deposit of a glory estate. You know, the Bible speaks about that, that what is man, thou art mindful of him, son of man, thou visitest him, thou what, made him a little what, lower than the angel, and then he did what, crown him, you see that. So he made him lower, he put him at a place, and then he, he then gave him a, a type of glory Praise God. He said, Thou crownest him with what? Glory and what? Honor. And then did, did what? Did set him over the works of thy hands. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so that is, you know, that when he's seen crowning with glory, the glory that was upon man was not glory of his physical appearance, of his outward man, even though that will have his type of glory. But when they speak about man, being made a little lower than the angel, they're speaking about the soul, right, of man. Like David was saying in Psalm 132, he spoke about the angels, spoke about the ministers, all his works in all places of dominion. Then, bless the Lord, oh my soul. So when you are, when you are positioning, you are looking at man in, in the spirit, you, are, uh, you find there is a place for the soul of man initially, which God put man and uh, in that place, man had a particular glory which God put on him. Uh, but that glory was not the final glory that man should possess because man was designed to journey, to make a journey in the spirit. And when you, you cannot make journey in the spirit without exchange of glories. Praise God. You cannot do what? You cannot make journey in the spirit without what? Without exchange of glory. Amen. This 2 Corinthians chapter 3 um, is doing some things and this chapter is, is very is dense, deep loaded. You can study it for years, you've not finished everything, because everything, the matters which this chapter speak about are heavy things in themselves. So, you can't know 
you can't really fully understand it if, you've not, if you first of all don't understand the meaning of ministry. You must understand the meaning of ministry. You must understand the meaning of glory. Right? Then you must understand when they're talking about spirit. What are they speaking about? And all of these things are weighty curriculums in the spirit to fully. So this is a chapter that we just continue peeling the layer of it as they're bringing understanding here and there. Amen. We just continue to peel it off and, and the Lord will continue to, to shed light on it. Amen. Amen. Uh, so thank you, Father. Masiva Etosia Margarata High. Heaven so thank you, Father. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshy, in fleshy tables of the heart. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So then verse 6, who had made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter killeth, but the word the spirit giveth life. So these um, when they all they mean when they say ministry here um, when the, the ministry or let me see verse 8 says how shall not the ministration of the spirit you see that be glory be glorious for if the ministration of condemnation be glory much more that the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. And then even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of glory that what excellent. So what they are doing here is they are, um, Paul was contrasting ministry, different ministries according to the glory which they carry and the glory which they bear. He spoke about the ministration of, what he calls the ministration of condemnation. What he's saying here is not really that the law condemns you. It's not that, it's not saying that the law, because the law itself is righteous. Do you get so this one says administration of condemnation and administration of righteousness. Praise God. But this, the, the, law, the law itself what, was what was righteous. But it, the, the, the ministry under the law was not the ministration of righteousness. So the law itself was righteous, but the ministry around the law did not, was not according to even the righteousness of the law. So you see, there was a gap between the law and the ministry. So because the ministry fell short, what it means is that because the ministry fell short, the law was never fulfilled. Do you get what I'm saying? The law is clear. The law was never fulfilled. The first person who fulfilled the law was Jesus. Right, that was what he said. I didn't come to, to abolish the law. I didn't come at all. But I actually came for the fulfillment of the law. Because you guys have not been doing it since. So it means that the, ministry, the, the kind of ministry that was given to Moses wasn't able to fulfill the law. So the, the law they gave was more righteous than 
the ministry, praise God, around the law. Amen. Are you seeing it? So, so when they say ministration of condemnation, it's not that the law is ministering condemnation, but rather it's that the, those who are in the ministry are, have condemnation. Do you see that? They have what? They have condemnation. So when they are doing the ministry, they are doing the ministry with condemnation. <laughs> Do you agree with me? So uh, the, the ministry of condemnation cannot bring about the fulfillment of a righteous law. Do you understand me? Do you, and you understand clearly when I say condemnation. These terms are spirit terms. Holy Spirit inspired language of the scriptures which the Holy Ghost, I believe through Jesus, must have given to Paul. Jesus must have taught Paul the language of the Spirit on how to characterize, how to represent all of these things. Amen. Amen. So the ministration of condemnation, that ministry of condemnation means those who were doing the ministry, who were engaged in the ministry, that ministry, they couldn't rise above this limitation called condemnation. And we know Paul is explaining condemnation uh, when you read the book of Romans chapter 8, where he was saying, uh, you know, if you check Romans 8, you can't separate it from Romans 7. It's one long thing he was describing. Right? It was, Paul, what Paul was describing in Romans 7 was condemnation. If you want to understand what is the meaning of condemnation, just read Romans 7. Condemnation is that which, is that, is that limitation, which after you've tried everything, is not enough. It never, it's never, it never does the job. It can never fulfill it. It, it can never bring about fulfillment. With all, no matter the effort, you say, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind, I serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Means he kept always falling short. Praise God, because there was, God gave, they had a law which was given to them but in trying to fulfill the law, he found another law in his members. Uh, do you see that? And so it's clear that the, the condemnation was not, the, was not with the law because the law is righteous. He said it there, right? But so the condemnation is the, was, was a law in him, inside the person. The, 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 and not only Paul had it, all the, the priests who were ministering the law. All of them were, imagine doing ministry with condemnation. Ministry with condemnation. Every time, there's, there's a, even though they have some kind of joy in their ministry, but they, when they look inside the law, some sadness will set in. They know that they are in their own person. They, every year they will try, they will come back, including the high priest. He himself has his own. And so when he comes, he must first offer for himself, for his own weakness, you understand? When, when Aaron comes before the tablets, before the stones, he gets humble. He gets broken. He can still see a gap. Amen. He says, who can have compassion? Hebrews 5, verse 2 to 3. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way? For that he himself, speaking about this, the high priest that is taken from among men, 
himself is also what? Encompassed with infirmity. And by reason thereof, he alters for the people to also offer for himself an offering for sins. Uh, praise God. Do you see that? So, so he, and so, so this is what sin does. Every time there is sin, makes, is able to make a covenant. Sin is able to sit by an agreement in the soul. It's, it's what you call condemnation. Sin keeps the soul in a state of condemnation. Right, another way, the, what, is, what is condemnation? Just condemnation means, condemnation just means falling short. Uh, do you see that? It's, it's, it just falls short. And, it, and with, with God's standard, if it falls short, it's not useful. God will not accept it if it falls short. Amen. So all have seen and have fallen short of what? Of the glory of God. Do you get what I'm saying? For all have seen and have what? They've come short or they fell short of the word, of the glory of God. Praise Jesus. So, so condemnation um, is what that state of Romans chapter 7 that Paul was describing, that that thing, there's nothing you could do about it. There was nothing, man was helpless when it comes to obeying the, the standard of the righteousness of the law. But then, chapter 8 verse 1 says that there's therefore now no condemnation. Now, say now. Now. There's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, so that's the first thing. They are in Christ Jesus. That's not all. Being in Christ Jesus is not enough to deal with condemnation because there is a provision in Christ Jesus to handle condemnation. And you must find that provision and then the soul must be engaged for a period of time for, to come into that help which is in Christ. And that help is, is by walking, is according to walk, right, that is measured out in Christ Jesus, which is not after the flesh, but which is what? After the spirit. Not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who have learned to walk. Who have learned what? To walk after the flesh. So it's clear that the only way to come out of condemnation is to walk out of it. Praise God. Amen. The only way to do what? Come out of condemnation is to, is to walk what? Is to now if they say walk out of a place, you say, Okay, how should I walk? It means that the way of walking must be revealed, yeah. uh, right? So, it's, if they say that the answer to condemnation is a walk, it means that the answer to condemnation is a way. Mm-hmm. What I mean is that there is a way that the soul will learn how not to come short, how not to fall short, right. To fall short in what? Of course, the glory of God. But what does, what does it mean? Is, what's that glory about? Second Corinthians chapter 3 is telling us that it's really about standard of ministry. 
which God is looking for, which God wants to accept, which God wants to receive from the earth. Praise God. It's a standard of what? Ministry. So every, every testament, every testament is a revelation. Every testament is a revelation of a standard of a ministry that must be fulfilled. Do you understand me? What did I say? Every testament is what? Standard of a ministry that must be fulfilled. Every, every testament is a call. Come and fulfill me. Come and, come and do all. And that was for te- you can also call testament commandments. You know, they call them commandment. The Ten Commandments, or they call them the testimony. That which testifies. What, what are those commandments? That which is speaking and, and, and giving demand. You understand what I mean? Is demand. 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 I am the Lord of God and all that. I, and thou shalt have no other God beside me. That's a demand. Right. Thou shalt have what? Thou shalt have no other what? No other God beside me. Thou shalt have no other God. Can his soul fulfill that without being coming coming into right some kind of thing in some kind of way? The the way of how not to have any other God beside him must, the way for that must emerge right from the spirit. It has to be shown to glory to God, to the soul. So this um, commandment, the way you, um, every testament, every testament, every testament is just a, a, is a prescription of standard for a ministry is and it must be fulfilled do you see that uh-huh. so the new testament uh, is clear that the old testament was a, a kind of a reduction of god's um of god's will right is a reduction of god's will. you know how did that testament come about God told Moses, go and tell Pharaoh, let my people go that they may come and serve me. That service is worship, right? So the testimony was an attempt to to make the standard of worshiping visible. Say, okay, let's bring it out and then make it bare. Now, God wanted to write it in their heart. But they said, we can't accept that kind of thing. God said, okay, no, you can't write, you, you are, if you refuse me writing it in your heart, you have actually rejected it. So you have actually lost it. Do you get what I'm saying? So, so the Lord giving the commandment was not God bringing another way to get it. There's actually no other way. You get what I'm saying? There's actually not, what? There's actually no other way to, to get it. Um... But what God did was that, okay, I will, I will bring it out and spell it out for you. So it will, it will 
I will spell it out for you so that you will be seeing it every day. That which you are falling short of. I will be create a representation of that which you fall short of. The reason for the tabernacle is not to remove sin. That thing couldn't do anything about sin. Right? It's not, it couldn't touch sin. Where sin hide is in, inside the depth of the conscience, the hearts of souls. The law couldn't tamper with sin. All the law did was that God said, I must be remembering these people constantly that they have come short. They must know. And they can't be free. They let me come in every year, bring in their tokens, bring in their lambs, bring in whatever they, you know, including the high priest, all of them, they must come and realize. When they come, they hear this, and they come around the tabernacle, the priest reads the laws to them. He reads all kinds of things to them. He, they, they say to the people that which they don't have the capacity to do. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Um, but thank you, Father. In the New Testament, we, um, what we, are, the, we, are, we have received, amen, is also the, the bringing in of, uh, of ministry, right, in the spirit, ministry in the spirit, um, and the, that this ministry must be done, um, amen, in such a way that it can fu- be fulfilled. The testimony, right, that which prescribes the standard of the life which the testament wants to give. Amen. Amen. Um, verse 6, it says, For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, then it says, Much more doth the word, ministration of what? Of righteousness exceed in glory. Amen. Amen. Um, so there was a glory. So you see someone is ministering, and then even around that ministry of condemnation, it doesn't mean it doesn't have glory. It's just that the glory is short because of sin. When there is sin, the glory will be short. All have sinned and, and come short. When you say you came short of the glory of God, it doesn't mean you are without glory. It's just that your glory is short. It's, it's below. It's below. Praise God. But the glory is what? The glory is below. The glory is below. Amen. So, but... What it calls here the ministration of righteousness, I want you to see ministration of righteousness, is not talking about the, the law or that is given. It's just talking about the ministry. There is, there is a point where he, the kind of ministry where he who is doing the ministry will be, will be doing it according to his change. And you get, that's the pattern of the New Testament. You'll be doing your ministry. You, won't, you can't separate your change from the service. That's different. The Old Testament wasn't like that. The, there was no demand for change from those who were doing service because of condemnation. Condemnation means I'm not hoping for change from you. I'll just tell you things to do. But forget about it. You can't meet up. So everything you do is under condemnation. 
Do you see them? It's on that word. What is condemnation? Condemnation just mean, means it's a prison. Right? It's a prison. It's a, it's a restriction. It's a limitation. It's something, it's a bondage. Uh, condemnation means that when you exercise everything, you find that you can't step out of a limitation. You can never break free of a, of a mold. It's a, it's a place where man, man actually fell into somewhere and he can never come out of. All his devices can't help him to come out of that. Amen. So, so it's, you, see, you now see that the answer to condemnation it must be a type of freedom. Right? Thank you. Let's hear interpretation. Thank you. Tania Masapania Pania Fecalia Papash de Velagata Prahatevi Seliate Pania Mamahate Liga Rehush de Vate Liga Legelagonia Papalita Venagata Mahate Elepurio Sefatila Mariota Liga Fafantila, Elemanosh to Vantela Baraganata, Mecosa, Mercosa, Ventila Cosa, Brantelicosa, Evrentele Mecosa, Eleprente Vecosa, Emacatoto Tonto Cos, Elemecosa, Evrentele Mehopone Cost to you, Elemahopon Cost for Change, Open a Cost to Change you, to Change you, to Change you, Elepantioso Falia Canteloso Branteligata. Vevevante leganoso batelia galagata. Open you, open you, open you to a cause of beholding glory, to a cause of beholding glory, to a journey of beholding glory. For as you behold glory, you change into glory. For lepantioso cretelia pan to open glory to you, to open glory, to even bring the ministration of glory. Avlecose brat you help. The helper for to minister glory, for to behold glory. I've brought you help. I've brought you great, great help for to minister glory, for to make men to begin to behold the glory of the Lord, to behold the glory of the Lord. For as they beholding is happening, veils are falling, veils that keep one down, that makes you fall short of glory, that makes you not stand and to serve and to offer up to glory. You will begin to fall off. Veils will begin to fall off. For you have to change as the veils fall. They give you standard of changing and coming to glory. So Lepanta I've opened and I'm opening and giving so much help and utterance for to open up for to open up the realm of glory. For to minister glory. I pour oil for the ministration of glory. Thank you Father. Amen. Amen. Praise Jesus. 
Thank you, Father. So you see, the, um, the answer to condemnation is, must be a type of liberty, all right, which is <clears throat> what where this place began to resolve down to. Verse, verse 16, it says, Nevertheless, it shall, it shall turn to the Lord, that when that the veil shall be what? When it shall turn to the Lord. When, verse 15 said that, okay, let's just read from verse 14, but their minds were blinded. So are you seeing where this veil sat in? It just sat in their minds. He said their minds were blinded, you see. So it's not just a visual thing. You know they spoke about Moses, his face shining, but it wasn't visual. There was something which, when he came, they should have begun to see. It's clear that what came upon Moses was a cut out of what he went to, to collect from the mountain. And there is a way that such things should be able to cause there to be some kind of um, activity that involves the, the, the mind, the inward man. Praise God. You see, um, but he said that there was a blindness, that for their minds were blinded, for until this day remained the same veil on taking away in where, in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is what is done. So they do the veil away, it means they remove away that veil where in Christ. So of course, removal of veil does not happen by getting born again. When they say, the veil is done away in Christ. It doesn't mean once you receive him as your Lord and Savior, the veil is gone. It's in him. So if any man is in Christ, a new creature, that's the first thing you have. All things are passed away. All things become new, right? But after you are in Christ, you can be in Christ. You will come into him with your condemnation, right? Your condemnation is, the, is a veil. Do you see that? Veil. Uh, amen. Are you seeing that? That veil, how did man fall into veil? Man fell into veil by choice. That's one thing you have to know. That how did darkness come? It was the enemy of man came to bargain with man and, and to tell, tell man, make choices. Make a choice for um, praise God. And that's how he spread veils over people. Not that veil has been with the Jews. God wanted to take the veil away. He said, no, we don't want to, to remove the veil. So, let's, so the veil remained in them. Oh, praise God. Um, he, said, he said, this is condemnation. John chapter 3, right, that the light came into the world, but men love darkness rather than light. That's the condemnation. Is so you can see that John three is tying condemnation to to a an, a rejection of an absence of light, which is what a veil does. Veil means a veil is that which binds you to darkness. Praise God. So. So as long as there is veil, 
there is condemnation. The degree of condemnation you have is according to the measure of veil, which is over the soul. When that, zo- that veil is, is strong, is thick, the soul cannot break out of the kind of configuration of life which veil has given to a person. Do you see them? Now when you, when you say that men love darkness rather than light, if, if men love darkness, it means they chose darkness. Are you understanding me? They did what? They chose darkness. So how do they remove this veil? It means that it's not possible to remove veil without engaging that choice. Choice means will participation. Are you seeing that? That you must be able to, to negotiate with the, with the heart of a person to encourage that bring the soul into positions of choices, of choosing in the spirit. Are you getting that? Um, but to bring, bringing the soul into decision points in the spirit is not easy. It has to come by, uh, a help has to come into the soul. When you say, what is the way? And that way to describe way. Way means series of decision points. That's what actually way is. If you remove decision point, and there's not, it's not, every, it's open, everybody, if the, if the way there is one straight line, there's nothing, nothing like way, everybody will just get there. <laughs> it means everybody owns that place. So if I don't know where I live, and you want to go there, I've not shown you the way there. Once you come out this front door, first thing is decision point, do I turn left or right? You don't know where to turn. Right, you can't make you. Can, you don't know what to choose. You can't, you can't chat. So, so ways in the spirit. Ah, uh, to us is many, 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 many decision point of where to to culture and help the soul to be arriving at the right choice at each junction. Do you see that the right point where at each junction, praise Jesus, to help the soul to break out of the limitation of condemnation. So you see, verse 17 speaks about that liberty, right, which is a kind of freedom which the soul must have. You see that now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There is liberty. There is liberty. Amen. Amen. There is liberty. Thank you, Father. Back to verse 14 quickly, but their minds were blinded. You see their minds, right? Your mind is the, uh, the out, not this brain, but talking about how you process things in the spirit. Is how, is, uh, the mind is what the heart uses in decision making. Right, but this decision making of the mind is not um, cerebral, it's spiritual. That's what the Bible refers to being as spiritually minded. 
He said to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is what? Is life and peace. You will find life and peace if you are spiritually minded. Someone who is spiritually minded is a soul in which the, the veil has been removed. Praise God. It says, for until this day remained the same veil on taking away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. So you've seen this veil, this veil here, it's not just the veil which the Jews had. People misunderstand it to say that they are just talking about the veil, the Jews have a special veil that makes them not see. No, it's not about a special veil. Every man has this veil, including Christians. So, the, the same blindness which the Jews have concerning Christ, the Gentiles also have the same blindness too. And so everyone, the only way blindness can be taken away is in Christ. And he says that even unto this day when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart, verse 16, nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, that is not, when he say it, it, I-T. When it, it just means everything they are talking about. Everything about ministry. When you turn it to the Lord, the word veil is what taken away. So, so it's clear that who is the Lord? One of the main things the Lord will do is to, is to the removal of veils from the soul. Amen. Now, the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There is liberty. So I said this liberty um, is um, a kind of freedom which you come into um, by <clears throat> the, when the, the Holy Spirit begins the ministry. When you move into the ministry of the spirit, you begin to find freedom inside the street and freedom from what is breaking free from condemnation. There is what you call free living in the spirit. Not every Christian lives free. Most Christians are under bondage, right? Bondage to what? Bondage to a cause of life, right? That does not arise to the standard of the ministry which each person is called into. So the answer to that is they have to now bring in the ministry or they have to bring in the, 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 the school of the spirit to impart liberty to the soul. You can understand that? To impart liberty. There's therefore not, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ had made us free from the law of what? Sin and death has made me free. So what is this law of sin? Is this the law of Moses? Is the law of sin and death the law of Moses? No, it's not the law of Moses. This is the other law which in chapter seven, he said, I found in my members. So that which he found in his members is what constituted a kind of bondage, right? Which only the law of the, of the spirit of 
life, the law of the spirit of life in Christ. The law of the spirit of life in Christ here is, um, is not exactly, this is not, this is not exactly the New Testament per se, which, that one which Jesus was teaching about when he said that this cup is the New Testament in my blood. What Jesus called the New Testament in my blood is also a kind of a law too. It has actually series of laws in them, that New Testament, but to arrive at the place of drinking from that cup, that cup, there's a point in the kingdom where that cup is drunk. But before his soul can come to a place where the, the, the testimony releases itself. Do you get? The testimony was what? Must release itself at a point. For before the soul will get to a place where the testimony releases itself, that soul must have you must have gained the 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 school, the ability, the wisdom, the grace, the capacity for ministry that unlocks the testament. That is what the law could never do. It was locked inside the box, ark. In the whole of the Old Testament, you never saw ark opening. No, boy, don't even touch the ark. Forget about it. You can't even see it. Just be pouring blood there, pouring blood there. You don't, not, no interaction. It's in the New Testament that the ark will give birth to the living testimony, right? That's one of the breakthroughs, one of the great breakthroughs of the New Testament. You know, New Testament ministry is how, what, how, how, what kind of ministry can make the ark give birth to what it is pregnant with? That's what happened. The moment that thing actually occurred, that's what caused there to be something shook according to the prophecy of Revelation chapter, from end of chapter 11, then into chapter 12, when what made, the moment the ark gave birth, the woman gave birth. Do you see that? The moment the, the ark did what? Gave birth, the woman what? Gave birth. Glory to Jesus. Um, so, the, there is, when you are you're approaching ministry, like I said, ministry in the spirit, coming to serve God, coming to minister to God, which is what we've all be call, been called into. This thing we call the ministry, the ministration of the spirit. It's not just the giving of the testament or the, of the, sorry, of the covenant or the testimony itself. Praise God. It's also about the soul coming into layers of promises, layers of aspect of ministry. Amen. Which, uh, when you are, you keep ministering and keep ministering, you keep ministering, you keep ministering and ministering. As through ministry, you have breakthroughs. Do you understand me? Through what? Through ministry, you have breakthroughs. You have, I'm talking of breakthrough of person, shifting closer, 
they will help you to shift closer. When you shift closer, you move into another stand, another position of ministry. Then you pick up ministry again. Ministry changes, redefines the, the, the requirement. What you ought to do in that zone changes. Everything changes again. You relearn again. And you, you begin to now, okay, how do you minister at this point, at this level? Are you getting what I'm trying to say? That's one thing the tabernacle was to be fine. When you get here, you, you see an altar. You satisfy that altar. Pour blood, everything. Then you go through a veil. Then you get into another, another world entirely. Different. The light is different. The ambience is different. The smell is different. The utensils are different. All the things that the Levites use for sacrifice in the outer court, you can't use them in the holy place. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it's clear that ministry of the spirit is from glory to glory. Do you understand that from what you must be willing if you are going to journey in the spirit, you must be ready to go from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. So the spirit of the Lord is that which can make a soul gain transitions in ministry of to the Lord to, from what? Glory to glory. And it's now very also clear that what officiate, what equips you at every point in ministry is the glory which you wear. You get what I'm saying? What qualifies you, your, your actual equipment for service is glory. Do you understand me? Your equipment for what? Service. Is glory. Tell someone my equipment, my equipment. for service, for service. Is, glory. is glory. What do I mean by that? You can't serve better than the glory you are carrying. Because the, the house of service in the spirit, the ground, the place of service in the spirit, it, it, it receives glories. Right? That, is, that is how it is. You can only satisfy the house of service by glory. Glory is the only satisfaction. Where, where, where God hid himself, you can't to get there, you must come into the house of God. Then when you get to the house of God, you now begin to look for him. I mean, God is hidden somewhere in his house. But what how you, you progress in this house is by exchange of glory. You begin to, ex, you exchange glory and they keep exchanging glory and keep exchanging glory until the final exchange. The final exchange is when the soul comes into the glory of God. When you come arrive at the glory, it's very clear. You can't be in the presence of God without the glory of God. But how do you arrive at God's glory? You must be willing to 
to follow the program of the spirit is a metamorphosis program. You, the soul will metamorphosize, keep changing and changing from glory to glory, and keep changing until the, the soul will turn and pick up, amen, amen. The, the glory of God. A glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so as I said before, what, what makes you able to serve? Everything that makes you capable of serving is what? Glory. It's your glory. The glory. What makes a priest is his glory. What makes a high priest is his glory. What makes a Levite is their glory. If you are not ready to take glory, you are not ready to take up service. You serve according to glory. That was the Lord in Exodus when the, the teaching, the, the Lord was speaking to Moses about how do you consecrate the priest into the office of priesthood? What are the things that must be upon him? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Let's, let's quickly go there to to the book of Exodus. Praise God. Exodus chapter 28. Exodus 28. Amen. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Amen. Exodus 28 verse 1. Say thou and thou and take thou Unto thee Aaron thy brother and his sons with him from among the children of Israel, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office, even Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Itamar, Aaron's sons, right? And thou shalt thou shalt make holy garments. Koriama Surya. Thank you, Father. Prestofina Kalios, Ephrania, Terry Gavasta, Eprahatuni Hesuya to Fenahadios. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Erahano Horia, Ali Havanon, Evanosia. So thou shalt make holy garments, holy garments for Aaron thy brother, for what? For glory and for beauty. Praise God. You make what? Holy garments. You make holy garments. Hallelujah. Praise God. For Aaron, thy brother, for glory and for beauty. And then thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me where in the word priest of his glory to God. Let's read that again. Thou shalt speak unto all that are wise hearted. So, so all who are wise hearted is not their own wisdom. You explain what wisdom, what makes them wise hearted. There's something they are possessed by is whom I have filled. No, so when they say filled here is not filled. Anytime you hear the word filled, the filled with the spirit 
if, when the Holy Spirit feels, at the moment of feeling, is the point of a takeover. Do you get what I'm trying to say? When the feel, to feel means, is the point of a takeover. Is a moment where they dispossess you of yourself and fill you with a something else for an operation. Feeling, feel, amen, glory to God. Like the Holy Ghost can feel you now and you begin to do some kind of manifestation. And after a while, the feeling can go away. You come back and you're collected in your normal self and all of that. That's the in-feeling, amen. So the Spirit of God filled them. So when the, the Spirit filled these people, it began, they began to carry out some kind of manifestation of wisdom that is don't belong to them. It was pure wisdom of the Spirit, which the Spirit of God filled them with, that they may what, make Aaron's garment to do what? Consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. So you see the making of the garment, he said, make unto them for, for what? Thou shalt make holy garments, verse two, for Aaron thy brother, for glory and for beauty. So it's clear then that what this wisdom of the spirit was, was doing with the garment is to, is, is a design that, that design that will bring out glory and beauty. Are you seeing that? Make the garment glorious and beautiful. Glorious and beautiful, but it's, it's a weaving by the wisdom of the spirit. Are you seeing? So that would tell you that glory is a craft of the spirit. Do you see that? What did I say? Glory is what? Glory, when you see glory and beauty, I love it. Glory and then beauty. They are not the same thing. Glory and then what? Beauty. Glory and beauty. Beauty is a characteristic of glory. Do you understand that? What is beauty? Something is beautiful because it's glorious. Right? Or you can say that beauty is a fruit of glory. Right. Beauty is a fruit which glory bears. Glory is more than just beauty. There are things in glory. Glory is weight. Glory has substances. Glory is weighty. Glory is substantive. A lot of what we think as glory is not glory. A lot of what we think as glory is beauty. For example, vanity. Vanity can have beauty, but vanity has no glory. How do I know? It weighs nothing. That's Satan. Satan's, Satan's job is to create beauty without glory. Right? Empty beauty, but does not, is, is not really glorious. And you find that one thing about glory is that glory are in respect. What do I mean by that? That which is glorious in the outer court is not glory with respect to the holy place. 
that which is glorious with respect to the holy place is not glorious with respect to the holiest of all. And that which is glory according to the law or the Old Testament had no glory in this respect. This respect is a respect of the, of the ministry of the Spirit. Right? So if you have a glory that comes short of God's glory, then in God, that's not glorious. Do you see that? In God, that's not what? God's not glorious. Because why? God has his own weight. Right? There is, there is what you call the weight of God. Like, it has to do with things which, which, um, which must be put. They are like, you can call it like, almost like particles, which must, which must be put in a vessel. Right? He has, God has his own configuration of mass. Or, well, you can say, God has his own matter. His, God's matter is different from the matter of Christ. And it's different from the matter of the natural man. And it's different from the matter of the old man. Right. Thank you. <laughs> A friend of my heart, a friend my time, bring my matter. I run of my matter to rest my matter, to bring my matter into your heart. A friend of heart to rest here, to rest here, to rest here, to rest here, to wait here. Every empty height for a height my weight, for I have my weight, bring my weight, my weight. I bring my weight upon you to make us stand. Efrenoste, a creantosia, efano, ferreto. Amen. Now all this weight is a matter. What is matter is that which has weight and occupies space. That's the definition they gave us in science, right? Is that which was has weight and what occupies? What is the meaning of occupies space? Right. It, it means every matter has the space which it occupies. Right? You can't bring, if you bring, an angel can be here, standing right here. Like an angel was with me yesterday. Amen. Very clear, speaking to me. But he wasn't there physically. The reason why you can't see him there is because he has a different matter that doesn't occupy space in, in the physical but there's a place where he occupies space, yes. right? Which is, is, the, is the world of his own materiality, where when you move into that realm, you will see he has his place there. Do you see that? Glory to God. 
So when it comes to this idea of space, matter, God made all those things. God himself has a place where he occupies in the spirit space. There is what you call, there is the space of God. And that space of God is jealously guarded. Nothing that defiles, nothing that is different, that has a different kind of nature and fabric can occupy that space. But you know something? There is space in you for God. You know that? And and how do I know that that God's space is unique? Nothing you can't put anything there. That anything you put there will be empty. Will be will be will be. It you can throw throw anything inside that place. It will be as if there is nothing there, because there is nothing that you can bring into a space that God is designed to stay that will appear as a thing in that place. Put the whole world in the soul, it will disappear. There's nothing there, but bring God and put God in the place of a man. When, so it means that when God comes into man, man sees his true weight. That there is actually a, a prescribed weight that man ought to have in the spirit. And every man who comes, they will weigh them. They will check the man on the scale. This one falls short. They will weigh, bring the other one. Bring the best. They brought all of them. All the best, including John the Baptist. The way John the Baptist said, no, John the Baptist doesn't weigh. He doesn't weigh. That's not the, that's not the weight of man. That's not how man should weigh. You get what I'm trying to say? And the problem is that there are many weights you can use to weigh man on. Man will show, ah, this man is wow, weighty, glory. But the things that we don't, we haven't, we haven't found the scales of God yet. And that's one of the things that God is bringing. God is bringing. Once then you now begin to introduce God's scale, hearts begin to shake. Things begin, men begin to run helter skelter, pandemonium, all kinds of things begin to happen. Because you are bringing another way of measuring man. It's not easy for you to, for somebody who has weighed 10 billion, you now bring him to another scale and say, man, Oga, sir. Oga. So you are telling that man that everything he has spent his whole life doing, acquiring, but the Bible has warned us since that a man's life doesn't consist in the abundance of his possession. It doesn't consist there. We don't look for, amen, that's not how you measure a man. Glory to Jesus. I can see the Lord bringing his balances. Right. He's bringing, God is bringing his balances into the church. <laughs> Remove every other scale. Every other standard of measuring men, all those things with which we men are measured by, God will move them away. Say, no, 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 no. These things are not ways of, of finding the worth of a man. There is the worth of a man in God's eyes, in God's sight. You have to bring in the right scales of God to measure. They now begin to check how much God particles do you have? How much God's matter do you have? 
you know, and this world is so deceitful because the problem with God's matter is that God's matter does not appear on the scales of the world. So in the same way, you can take a man, like, you can take, like the Jesus Christ, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. They call him the, the son of the father in truth. That's Jesus. Right? They said in him consists all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In whom all things consist. Imagine they took that man and they weighed him on the scale of, of this world. They found nothing in him and they killed him. They said that when they killed Jesus, what they are saying is that this man worth nothing. What does this kind of being, what, what can you do for Israel? In fact, you are a problem. We, we, we ought to get rid of you. You have no input. You have no value. You have nothing. You are useless to Israel. You are actually a problem guy. And they killed the Lord of glory. Right. They crucified the who? Lord of glory. Why would you crucify the Lord of glory? The Lord of glory. The Lord of glory. The Lord of glory. The Lord of glory. All things. It's clear that angels saw his worth. They look at him. <laughs> no. What they saw in him was another matter entirely. It's better than the angels. They just, all they say, all we can do is what we can't even test you. We can't judge you. You are the one that will judge us. You and you and your kind. Oh, we don't know anything about you actually. We just know you are higher than us. So he said, let all the angels worship him when he bring it in the first begotten into the world. All they can do is just worship him. He's a, he's a man of another kind. A man of another man. He's the first man that saw things that we see in God and admire. We found it in him. All angels worshipped him. Who being the brightness of his glory. The express image of his person. The brightness of his glory. Thank you. Fresh to fear Parakurian, Ladahataya, 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 Latano, Latano, Latano. The father told him, Just sit down, okay, sit down at my right hand until I make your animal your footstool. Just tell him, Just wait here. Your word has not yet come. In other words, this world, you are better than this world. You're better than this creation. You don't really even register here. We can't, there's no way to, there's actually no place for you really. We just create a place called right hand. It's a waiting spot for you. We know that, and they're just calming him down. Just calm down, just wait here. Just wait, we know, we know, we know that you are, you are pregnant with manifestation. We know that you are, you are pregnant with rain. Rain, rain. 
who, what would the king of glory do? Is to bring the reign of his glory. It means that he must, there has to be a world where he can discharge his particles, where the things that are in him, right, can manifest. That's the world to come. That's the world to come. Glory to the body. He said that he's not going to be the only one. to show my heart, to show my heart. Even me, I like to my Catonia Madnia Namania. Eleven to me to man. Alia man, Elian Coman your man. Alavanti your man. Ecriantala man at the right hand. I am a man at the right hand of the eternal God. I am man seated at the right hand of the eternal God. And I am 
crowned even with the glory of God. The same glory that he has. He glorified me. I am seated. For I am in sync with him. That is why I have his glory. I am one with him. I am one with him. For his will is my will. His thought is my thought. His command is my command. For I am not separate. For I, a baby, was raised into a man seated at the right hand of the majesty. For I am the first among many brethren. I am the first among many, 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 many. Seletenia, Ali Velata, for Lebrata Tatania, Eleke Sonta, for even, even, even your heart, even your heart, even your heart. We want to make image, we want to make likeness, we want to replicate, we just don't want to replicate, we want to multiply, we want to multiply even the seed, this likeness, this likeness. I, I am like God, I Mike, Mike, like God, I am like God. I am like God. I am as God. I am like God. And I want to multiply in you. I want to multiply in your heart. I want to multiply. So I am bringing weighty, weighty, weightiness. The weightiness that raised me, that lifted me high, that raised me even higher than the vanities of this present life. I am bringing weightiness, weightiness, weightiness. I am making my image and pouring my breath. My image will rakata for my glory will rest upon my image. My glory will sit only on my image. So I am raising my image. I am bringing substances that would raise my image in you and that would cause my glory to abide and abode and stay for lepante o sekata. Fulfill not. Fail not. Allow the formation of this glory. Allow the formation of the image for the glory to rest. So I am bringing the raising of substances for to raise my image in you. Amen. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, there is a kind of commitment um, which, the, which is required from the those who have been brought into the, into the school of the spirit is a commitment to the, the pursuit of glory. The pursuit of, of the, the glory of God, amen, for, for the service of God. God is not a cheap guy. God must be served gloriously. God must be, those who will serve God, he must, he must put his things on you. He must, the, he must be willing to come into his own, his fashioning for, to, for his ministry. Amen. So it's clear that garment, which, they, which is made, which is, he said is for glory and for what? For glory and for beauty that there, there will be a time, and, and this is Satan, the devil. Like he said, he's, 
The reason why he will keep, he wants man to keep, be kept short of glory is because you know that if man doesn't come and take on glory, that man will constantly be handicapped in the realm, in the land of pleasure or the land of service where God is served. It will make, you won't see that. You are just constantly just a man, nothing more. You're just a man. As a man means you, are, you all your life flow according to man prototype. A man ways, man pattern of living. And we know that, of course, service is living. Right? Ministry is actually living. It's, it's worship is living. All right? But Satan wants living that falls short or that falls flat. Right, living that is of no consequence in the spirit to, is to tie man down to the pursuit of vain glories. Right? Vain glory are things that appear glorious means by some kind of beauty which allure the soul but actually are vanity because they weigh up to nothing. They can't elevate man into the plane, the standard, the place of service. Of God, it will make configure the mind. It's, of course, there's blindness. Think many things are cast there. That when you bring matters of God's service, it seems as not important. It seems as nothing. But when you bring vain things, the heart is the, the, the heart is strong to make the heart strong towards vanity. Amen. When he was trying to consecrate. Um, I, those Aaron and his sons, right, into ministries for, is to give them the equipment to stand for service. Right? To make them able to do what? To stand for, for ministry. There's something about standing for ministry. That is talking about your ability to stand is your strength. It's strength of the soul. It's clear that glory is a type of strength. Not type. Glory is actually strength. You can't separate strength from glory. Right? The word glory, really, what glory really, really means is strength. Beauty is the is the is the is a is a characteristic of strength. Right? It's beauty is the allure of strength. Right. But glory really is what is strength. Not but not brute strength. It's strength of know-how. What does it mean? What is the meaning of strength? Strength means something that does not break. It doesn't break. You can't you try to cut it short. It doesn't, it doesn't fall short. The inability to fall is because of strength. That's why you must stand. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where with Christ hath made you free. You must be willing to stand in liberty where with Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the word, with the yoke of bondage. So the reason for this liberty is to give you a strength of standing for ministry. You must, a priest stands to minister as a type of strength. Do you get what I'm trying to say? 
So that strength means that that glory is the strength of ministry. You, the strength of ministry is according to the glory. Because ministry is not a thing of... When you are looking for priests, who God was looking for, okay, what, how will we design priests who will do this job? He didn't look for the tribe with the, with the, with the strongest physical quality. Ministry is not muscle. It's not come and carry blocks or come and... It's not manpower. It's not... It's not, um, it's not a brutal strength. You can see the priest just giving instruction. That's his strength. Yes, sir. He knows what to do. Yes, sir. You get what I'm saying? Yes, sir. You, and when a priest is standing in his strength, you, there's nothing you can do to break his service. That's the, the strength of a priest. There's nothing that can do what? That can break. When glory is weak, you will be weak in strength. Right? When something doesn't have weight, you can easily toss it to and fro. Winds can blow you. What makes you move to and fro is the lack of weight. You are easily attracted by shining things that to make you lose focus from ministry. There is a, this, Jesus called it a single eye. That single eye is a, the single eye is the eye of pleasure for God. You know, single eye is strength. Do you know that? When you see somebody has they've configured a single eye in a person, do all your sideshow around. He's, he's too strong. He can. He has staying power. Right. And now, another characteristic of glory, which is also strength, you can call it continuity. That was a is a is a qualification of a priest. That was actually where the priests of the Old Testament were were disqualified compared with Jesus. This one, he continued ever. He has talking about the, the strength of his continuity. Because he continued ever, he's able to save to the uttermost all them that come to God by him. He can save. But this man, this man, because he continued ever, he had an unchangeable priesthood. Unchangeable priesthood. Means that if priesthood, you can't shortchange it. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come to God. What, what they are saying here is when he say he is able to save also to the uttermost. What he's just telling you is that he's able to make them like him. That they will also they will also be continuing like him. They're able to come to God by him, seeing he ever lived to do what? To make intercession. What is Jesus' intercession for you? Which is, where is his place of intercession? The right hand of the Father. Which is where he's waiting until his enemy made his footstool. What's the meaning of that? He's interceding till 
his brethren wear the glory. That glory which has been given unto him means that when you measure him and measure his brethren, they should have the same weight. Right? It became him by whom and for all things in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings in bringing many sons to glory. There's something about being brought to glory. That's the glory. It's clear you can't be brought to glory without metamorphosis of glory. You must be willing to the, the, you know, the, uh, pursuing glory is a, is, <laughs> is a funny kind of business. Uh, it's a business of putting down and taking up and putting down and taking up and putting down and taking up. It's the metamorphosis. It's a journey of constant exchange. Men are not really configured for that kind of behavior. Men, once a man owes something, will stay here, will die here. This is all I know. I don't care. No man, after drinking of an old one, outrightly desires the new because he said, look, I've not tasted that old one, no, but I can assure you the old is better. That's the nature of a man. I, come on, taste. No, I don't. I don't care. I don't want to taste. The old is better. So it means that man has been weakened from pilgrimage. It's, that thing is... It's, called, it's the program called the fear of death. That's what Hebrews 2 was trying to describe. It's a fear of, fear of death means a, it's a kind of psychotic response. Some kind of, some kind of thing. It's a, it's a fear of transformation. Because to be changed, you must put one down and take up another. You move away, take away the first to establish the second. The word fear of death means fear of being separated from that which you have. It's called the fear of separation. The fear of separation is actually the, one of the, the, the walking of the enemy against the, the, the ministry of glory. Against the ministry of change. It's a type of bondage. So take this thing, you catch it, be bound to it. You must never let it go. Are you seeing that? Is, is, is configuring the soul against willing change, yes, sir. against the willingness of change. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. The, so the, the soul must be helped. Grace must come. Man. Jesus, that's the intercession of Jesus, actually will manifest when there will be a time when the soul will begin to feel the heat. Of Jesus' intercession. Yes, sir. You, begin to, you begin to feel the heat of the intercession. You begin to draw close to yes. you. It be, something begins to beckon upon you. They begin to create. It is spiritually manufactured. A dissatisfaction about every estate that falls short. Every estate that is short of the glory. Which God needs to put upon you. It's, it's intercession. Jesus is just doing it. He knows your name, do you know that? Imagine Jesus constantly mentioning you to the Father. Constantly. Like an advocate, like a lawyer. He knows what to say. He knows what to say. Praise God. It will begin to manifest until. Call. Can I see um, Isaiah? Let's just see. Um, 
Isaiah chapter 52. Isaiah 52. Glory to God. story. Mercy. Thank you, Father. We bless you. Isaiah 52 verse 1 says, Awake, awake. Awake, put on thy strength. Glory to God. Put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth they shall no more come unto thee, the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake thyself from the dust. Arise and sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose thyself from the bands of thy neck, O captive what daughter of Zion. For thus saith the Lord, ye have sold yourself for naught. You have, and then you shall be redeemed without money. For thus saith the Lord God, my people went down aforetime into Egypt to sojourn there, and the Assyrian oppressed them without what? A cause. Now therefore what have I here, saith the Lord, that my people is taken away for naught, that they rule over them, make them to how, say the Lord, and my name continually every day is blasphemed. Say, therefore, my people shall know my name. Therefore, they shall know in that day that I am he that doth speak. Behold, it is I. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. So this is just an, it's a very short story. It's just a short story. A story of what? Story of, of freedom. Said who is who all the all the through the fear of death have all their lifetime been subject to bondage. Right? Who through the fear of death, verse 14. Amen. Say, for as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise took part of the same, so that through death. He might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through the fear of death. So how do they keep people all their lifetime? You see, someone has a whole lifetime. In this whole lifetime, that person can be what? Kept what? In bondage. Through, it is through the fear of death. It means that this fear of death is so powerful that if they can't deal with your fear of death, separation, that you will sit in a bondage all your lifetime. You will, never, you, will never, you will never have the experience of breaking into a new place. That experience of wearing a new garment. There are some souls you can get born again, you live all your life, you never experience that. The same garment you wore the day, Lord, accept, come into my life, I receive you as my, my Lord and my Savior, that same garment, someone can wear that garment their whole life for decades, and they never change because of the fear of death. They never overcame the fear of, of, 
of, of being unclothed. You must be unclothed, right? There's, the soul must be willing to be what? Unclothed. Because what is the soul is afraid. But you don't know that if you are unclothed, you won't be found naked because there is a, another habitation. There's another wearing. There's another garment which comes from above, which God wants to clothe the soul with. For this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. House, which is from heaven. If so, be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. This is the, this is the conversation of somebody who has overcome the fear of death. They say, Spirit, you say, ah, you'll be naked. Oh. <laughs> so, you mean this tiny glory you've been hiding under? You mean you want to let it go like that? Okay, after you leave this thing, what will you have? So, because of all this word of right, all these things, you, you, so you want to just. So you feel you can just give everything away and be naked. Do you know what the feeling of being naked is? Those are preaching messages. Those are actually doctrines. To instill the fear of death. Then, then once, once you, when you hear that message over and over again, you begin to make covenant. I shall never be found naked. 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 Praise Jesus. Well, that thing must be overcome, but there is a deliverance. He said to deliver all of them, right? Who what? Through the what? Fear of death. Lifetime. Sister will tell you, this thing you are applying of giving up, you know that this is the thing that actually protects you, you know? Do you know that? So you say, imagine you stop employing this kind of thing. Are you just going to be walking out naked? Everyone is going to see you. And we know who you are. You understand? We know. We know. Oh, why are you the cloak that you, that you have managed to find to hide under? Why do you want to just remove it? Ah, you say, okay, ma, but no, there's another garment there. Satan, you say, look, let me tell you something. You see, I understand what you're saying. It's not Bible. We know this Bible thing, but they will just tell you, do you know how long it takes before God will finish sewing his own garment? For you? <laughs> so, in the meantime, say meantime. These are, all of you know what I'm, in your own way, you know what I'm talking about, eh? You know it. Say fear of death. Fear of
Stay at my mercy. Stay at my mercy. Stay at my mercy. For man has been trained not to stay on my mercy. Wait for my mercy. Stay on my mercy. Unclothe yourself from every strength. Stay on my mercy. Stay at my mercy. While we look at things which are not seen. Or see me as see on see. And me as see me on see. Stay on my mercy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. It says, awake, awake, put on your word. Put on thy strength, O Zion. And it says, put on thy word. Put on thy beautiful. So we know that the strength is glory. And is the is the garment. Your strength is your beautiful garment in the spirit. Is your beautiful what? Your beautiful garment. What is beauty means that which can be rejected. Right? That which cannot be rejected. So it means that when you are coming to God, you must approach with a beauty. There's a kind of beauty at every level has its own design on beauty. Now, what is beautiful to God can be ugly to the world. Are you seeing that? What is what? Beautiful to God can be ugly to the world. Because of the world is not programmed to see what God sees. It's, the world cannot see can't see what God sees. That's why you must have a mind as, the, as the, the wife of Jesus, as the bride of Jesus, which you are, right? Of course, you must be robed in a garment that is appealing to him. In the book of Revelation, they call that garment the righteousness of saints. Right? His, for his bride, his wife has made herself ready. Right? That is it's an, it's an appeal. It's a beauty. It means there must be something that will be on you that will make the Lord Jesus. That marriage there, you know that that garment has been worked on for a long time. But that marriage is just the time when Jesus will say, I want to now marry you. You've been my girlfriend since. And I've, things have been happening. But... I want to now marry. Marry you means I want to now commit myself to you forever. Let's now become inseparable. It's clear for him to make that decision. He must have looked at some kind of beauty. That must have, something must have appeared. Having neither spot nor wrinkle. Nor any such thing. Amen. That is the kind of beauty that has appeared. Then he said this one has pleased me. Together forever we will be pleasing our God through our own union. Are you seeing what I'm saying? 
Now, so you see that, so that, 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 now you now as that, with that consciousness of a wife of Jesus, the, you must now have what the, Peter called it, is the mindset of your adornment. Yeah. Right? It means that they, there's a way you should be thinking about your adornment. In First Peter chapter 3, he was saying that with respect to wives, right? But you have to know everything they are saying to wives. Guys, you can't remove yourself from there. It's not, amen. <laughs> it is not just for the woman alone. Praise God. First Peter 3 verse 1 says, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives. Verse 2. While they behold your chaste conversation that is coupled with fear, verse 3, whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of the plating of the hair and the wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel, verse 4, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that, in that which is not corruptible, that is what is, when you say in that, means let the adorning be in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, of great. In the sight of who? In the sight of which God, before whom we have to do. So we are open and naked before the eyes of him whom we have to do. Are you getting what I'm saying? The thing is that if you are not found naked, you can be clothed. And all the clothing which we wear are in response to the world. Or what we call what he's talking about here is that he said, let it not be outward. Let's see that again. Let's go back to. Please, let's do that. Verse two, verse three, verse three. Yes, it says, whose adorning let it not be outward, but be that outward adorning of plating of the air and of the wearing of gold. Now, in the physical, you can understand what he's saying. But the, the main thing is not about gold and all that. We're talking about the concept of outward. Right? So, so really, the out, when it says outward, it's not... The outward means, when you're speaking about the soul, don't adorn the soul outwardly. Adorn the soul inwardly. Do you see that? Yes, In other words, you should have a sense of, of buying things to wear on your soul. Yes. Inwardly. And you should be willing to spend for it. Yes. Right? Be willing to spend for your soul. Don't be cheap. Don't be... A, uh, uh, you get what I'm saying? When it comes to your soul, I have that kind of mind. Is this thing for my soul? Is it for my, for my soul to wear? I will pay anything. How much is it? Give it to me. I'm going to get it. When the, 
we, the mess, pastor, pastor will preach the message. You will go home, calculate what is the price of this thing. How can I go and you count the cost? You understand what I mean? That thing that I just saw, you know, when the minister is ministering, it's just array of adornments. Things which your soul should be adorned with. They are on display. It's like a boutique of the spirit. The Holy Ghost is showing, look at this side of it. Look at this one. You can wear this here. This one can fit in that place in your soul. That one. Wear this one in this way. There's a way you do it. You see it. It's, it's an advertisement. Are you know what I'm saying? During When the ministration of the spirit is ongoing, nature adornments have been advertised. Things which you should desire to have. Hey, how would that thing look on me? How would that, 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 you just go home, that thing that, that the pastor was preaching today, how would that thing look on me? How would it look on me? How would it look on me if I'm, let's say my, let's say my own, my soul is adorned with that thing. How would it look? How would it look? How would it look on me? Do you see that then? The moment you begin to see that beauty, you begin to make decisions. Begin, okay, what, what, needs, what is the cost of it? What do we need to pay? What do I need to give up to get that thing? Are you seeing that? Who's adorning? Let it not be that outward adorning of plating of the air and of the weaving of the gold or putting on of upper of us four. And praise God. Let's go on verse four. Um, you say, let it be the hidden word. Oh, I love this. I love now now imagine a task or a vocation of adorning a hidden man. So you you clear it's clear to you that this is not the kind of job that men take. Right? Men don't like this job. How can you be doing a job and you wear something, it's looking nice and nobody can see it? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Nobody can do it. Nobody can see it. So what's the point? So we want to, we want the one which all the world, the world can see and clap for you. This adornment, praise God, there's no time, but when you have time, we want to read all these things. I feel like they've opened some things to us now. When you read the Bible, there's another way you should begin to read. Glory to God. You know, this is, is the same thing that, because you know that heart, is, this hidden man of the heart, you know, this is the one who actually does, does the ministry. That's the real minister. When you say, wow, what an awesome man of God. If he's really awesome, he's not the one doing anything. What is doing it is inside him. It's a machine called the heart. And the, and the truth is that Come with anything you want to come. God will just leave that, get out of the way. 
He's looking for the heart. He wants to talk to the heart. That's God for you. You know, men can do all kinds of things. Say, God, I came with a dance. I came with a somersault. God, leave that thing. That's not what I'm looking at. Just God wants to speak to the heart. Then he will now look at the heart. What is this heart adorned with? When, the, when God checks the heart, what is the heart wearing? Right? He's, he's seeing, he wants to, God wants your heart to be doing a catwalk for him. He wants to check, the, he wants to look at the, are you getting what I'm saying? The, the adornment of the heart. How is the heart adorned? How? Now, as a Christian, you know, can, we, can you arise to that consciousness? When you're no longer measuring your Christianity by many things, it's now the adornment of your heart. In other words, you are conscious of glory states. Right? Glory state that has nothing to do with the appearance on the outside. And once you begin to pursue this thing, hey, the world will rise up against you. Hey, sham, you will just you will just be in trouble. Because you are pursuing an adornment that is what? Invisible. It's a profession. It's, a, it's an invisible profession in the spirit. Glory to God. The, thing, the reason for that adornment of the heart, which chapter 3 is speaking about, is for ministry. Right? To God. Which chapter 2 was speaking about in quickly, um, very quickly, verse chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice, you see that, all guile, and, and hypocrisies, and envies, and all evil speakings, as newborn, newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the world, that you may grow thereby, if so be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming, right, you see that, well, you are coming to him, but the way you are coming is as a living stone. Do you know that when it says a living stone, right, a, a living stone is, when it says stone, stone, stone is garment. I'm trying to explain it to you in a way. Stone is a type of clothing. That one is not, it's not men's sense, but it's God's sense. You understand what I mean? In God's sense, stone is, is also like clothing. The way when God thinks a house is a cloth. That's what that place we're reading, that Second Corinthians was saying, being clothed with a habitation. Imagine that kind of thing. <laughs> that is from above. Is a, is a cloth they want to wear to you, for you, but the clothing is actually a habitation. So you, you know that in the spirit, they tie glories to houses. When you see glory, honor, they were speaking concerning Moses. So every house is built by some man, right? They spoke about the, the house of the, the glory of the house which Moses built. Yes, but he said, Every man that built the house has more honor yes, than, what, than the house. But he that built all things is who? Is God. Yes, Amen. Amen. 
So, so house is uh, a tower you speak of house, a house or one kind of stony kind of nature. You just check it, what garment is for? It's what stone is for. The garment is for glory and beauty. Stone is for glory and for beauty. Not ordinary stones, precious. They qualify the kind of stone in Second Corinthians. Is this Second Peter? Are you seeing that? So you can, you can replace it. You can replace garment for stone. God, God clothed angels with stones. Lucifer was clothed with what? Every precious stone was thy covering. That was what he was wearing. That was, so, so in God's mind, it's the same thing. A covering, a covering should glorify and beautify. Right? In inside glory provision of the covering includes the strength of it, the strength of the materiality. In there is where the security, is where the protection. Everything a house should do for you is what you wear clothes for. It's to protect from the harshness of the environment. That's what the house does for you. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You see, a family will look for a beautiful house to stay inside. The way a man will look for a beautiful cloth to stay inside. You understand what I mean? It's for, it's for glory and for what? Beauty. You, the way a priest uses garment to minister, he uses the house to minister. After some time, you know, the, even the first house was garment. Tabernacle was garment. After a while, they changed the garment to stones. Solomon was the one who did that. Are you understand what I'm saying? So these things are these are these are interchangeable. You must know this for understanding. Praise God. So verse four it says, "To whom coming as unto as unto a living stone." This is Kai Mashaliva Hata Santri Heaven Altimbra Sufriante. This, this man they say you're coming to. <laughs> Glory to God is the Lord. They're talking about the gracious Lord. You must taste and see that he's gracious. The gracious Lord is, a, it is actually a living stone in the spirit. So he's not just wearing stones. He's a stone himself. He's an embodiment. They, they call him expert press image of his person. Then they now call him who, who himself being the brightness of his glory. You get what I'm trying to say? Amen. So when you see Jesus, Jesus is not like a priest, Aaron and Co. Who, they have to cover him with a garment to go and minister. And on that garment, they put all kinds of things. On the garment, they put stones, name of Israelites, everything. They tell them how you make the garment. But if you take off that, don't dare take off that garment. Because the man who you will see, you understand what I mean? Is not himself, he's not able to stand. It means that there's a, there's a gap between the man and the garment. But the New Testament way of wearing garment is different. 
It's not something they just used to cover you alone. It's a, it's a kind of make you are one with the same essence, like Jesus. Jesus himself is a stone. Yes. If Jesus himself is a stone, he has all the properties. But you now show him a vesture dipped in blood. So the way blood flows in him, blood flows in his garment too. He's a, he's a, he's a, imagine a garment with veins and has system. He's a, he's a living garment. Of course, he's a living stone. Coming as unto a living stone. Imagine... <laughs> Jesus, so you can say you can't separate his garment from his person. Glory. No matter how deep you go in him, you, you will not find variance. You will not find anything. Are you get what I'm saying? Glory to that's what that's salvation. When you know what salvation is, salvation is a, a being who they will put him here. Or death, devil, everything bad will come and query and query and query and they will get tired. Can't you find any fault in this man? Can't you find anything? Say, no, no, you cannot. That is, he said, do you know who made this kind of person? He said, it's Elohim. He said, this one is the work of Elohim. This is what Elohim can do. He's called saved to the uttermost. To the utmost. I want to show you the concept of glory. Glory is not just something. Glory, glory, glory has to do with the actual glory which God wants man to wear. That glory is an answer to everything. Everything. You need to understand how awesome God is. Right? God will say, I know it's difficult to share my glory with man. So I will taint, put my divinity in him. So make him able to share my. Because remember, I said, I'm the Lord, I'm the God of all flesh. I can be a God to flesh, but I will never share my glory with any man. So to share my glory with man, I will put, put my. It means he can't just be a man. I have to raise him into a place. You understand what I mean? To a point where there are things in him, like Jesus now, is he, is he a man? Yes, is he just a man? Yes, <laughs> they made him fitting, compatible with the glory of God. See, that's what ministry will do, for you, do to you. When they're saying, come and serve God, you don't know what they're telling you to come and do. You don't know, the being, God is not a person who you serve and go. You just come, just rub your head, you tried, eh? You can go back. God is not like that. In fact, God, the only reason why he's asking you to serve is, while you are serving, what will you be becoming? You see that, okay, take one step. That chain, they are are knocking on your heart to go. That one you are seeing now. Just test it. Try it. Try and say, Lord, I will undergo the death and this separation. I want to wear this next garment. Because you must taste and see that the Lord is good. When you try it once, hey, you say, God, can. Amen. 
after a while, you become addicted to change. Isn't it possible? You become a change addict. An addict. You become addicted. You just say, man, we gotta quickly just do this one so we can move the, the other one. The other one is coming. Understand what I mean? Glory to God. <laughs> you don't have time anymore for nonsense. Guys who do nonsense will be afraid of you. They won't. They say that wall, hey, man, that guy. We have left him. We just let him go. Why? He's going. He's going. To whom coming? As unto a living stone. When you are when you are coming to a living stone, you don't come to a living stone. Staying in one place, you must be willing to move into what they call lively configuration. Lively. You must be lively. Say lively. Don't be a stationary stone that does not shift. Don't be a dull stone. Like an opaque stone, like electric gravel. Gravel is not as an opaque stone. Leave gravel. Look for a stone that is lively. That when you give light to it, it, will, it can do something with the light. You get what I'm saying? It can react with light. When you are casting light on gravel, gravel will say, what's my business with you? I have no... Are you waiting for reflection or refraction? <laughs> You're going to wait forever. We are not into that thing, man. That reflection. You know, we just watch diamond, beryl, playing with light. See, look. This place that we are in, we don't do all this light stuff. I'm just a gravel. Don't be a gravel Christian. Be a a Christian that is having characteristic of preciousness. You can receive a light. You have molecular for configuration that can handle like and do some kind of operation. Things with light. Is a li- lively stone, amen, are built up. So you take lively stones to build up a spiritual house. Now, do you know how I see stone? Now, imagine they say ye as lively stones. So I'm not seeing that one man is, a, is one stone, no. I'm seeing a man are stones, like stones, plural. Right? So, in other words, I'm seeing the things that come from God as stones that, are, that come into a person that picks up lively configuration, that, keep, that keeps heaving up and building up and building up until it arises a spiritual house. Right, what he calls a spiritual house, glory to God, that is, is an holy priesthood that is 
capable to offer upward spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable to who? To God by Jesus. Wherefore it is contained in scripture, behold I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be what? Confounded. Amen. Are you seeing what I'm trying to say? So it's, it's clear that a spiritual house is a house of glory. Right? And you can't, you can't separate a spiritual house. It's the same thing. When you say you are being, you are being built as a spiritual house, is, is that you are being developed in, as in giving a capacity for a kind of ministry. Is to offer up spiritual world sacrifices that are acceptable to God. Amen. So you see that, so what does a spiritual house do? It's constantly sacrificing. So it's clear that what glory is the ability to sacrifice. The, when you have glory, you can make sacrifice. Someone that doesn't have glory cannot sacrifice because he's too poor to sacrifice. When someone is sacrificing, to sacrifice something, is sacrifice comes out of riches of some kind. Out of what you've been blessed with, you can take and sacrifice. But you are sacrificing for more blessing. Do you see that? If somebody who is wretched will not sacrifice, rather he will eat the sacrifice, right? I have only one goat, why would I go and burn it? <laughs> why would I go and, why would I go and offer the one thing that I have? The only one I have, will I give it? Wretchedness. But for you to give what you have, you must come into a glory configuration. It's glory mindset that makes sacrifice. When you are making sacrifice, what you are, what you are telling the person is that, what you are, the statement you are making is that I have a higher status than this thing. Do you agree with me? I have what, a higher status than this thing, so I can sacrifice, I can burn it up. Yes. It's to, you now see that when they told Abraham sacrifice Isaac, is to upgrade his status. Yes. Say, Abraham, you're an exalted father. Can I change your kind of fatherhood? Can, can, we, can we change, give, make, let's make you a better father. Yes. But to make you a better father, you must be willing to have a glory that's higher than the father of Isaac. Yes. <laughs> You must have a, a, a thirst for a glory that's higher than you know that, and that thing he sought it for a long time. Say, what will I have since I go childless? Say, I am your shield. And exceeding means he was looking for a covering. He was looking for a shield. So it means that Abraham, sorry, Isaac became his glory in a sense. Then one day God of glory knocked and said, Abraham. That your son, your only son, whom thou love, that one who has become a shield for you, in whom you are, you are planning to hide in. 
Thou one, can you offer him to me? But see, Abraham, by that time, God has schooled him in a way. You know, that was not the first school of giving up things. One of the first things he gave up was Sodom. Right? He was able to let, Lord, you want it? Lord, you can have it. I'm weightier than green pastures. Then that amazing Lord looked at, It means that Lot was, 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 it means that Sodom was weightier than him. He couldn't resist. Lot, nothing occurred to him, say, how will I choose before you? Who am I? You are the one who God has been talking to. You are the one who tells us where to go, when to stop, when to move. Why will I be choosing before you? Lot didn't have that. Because what he saw was weightier than him. But God was training Abraham differently. That Abraham, beyond what you see right now, can you believe that beyond everything you are seeing right now, there's something called the realm of the invisible, where more can come from? That was the teaching of Abraham. That's how you develop a man of glory. Nobody can have God's kind of glory without the capacity to esteem riches in the invisible. If your concept of riches is only physical stuff, things you can shine with, you can't, you will have that kind of glory that shines on the earth. But you know, if someone can have a glory that is invisible, you just, when you come, you meet somebody, it's not money that he has, you have more money than him, you have more things than him, but when you meet, no, this guy is not my mate too. How would you know? Just interacting with his soul. Why does he talk like this? does he speak like this? Where are you living from? We know everything about men. No man talks in this manner. Like, why were people following Jesus? They were just following him. The poor were following him. The rich, everybody were just following him. Imagine you call a grown man who has work, he has business, he has everything. He will leave everything. Everything. Like when John, so behold the Lamb of God. Andrew was it, who was with him. He said, ah, okay, let's check him out. Where are you staying? Jesus said, come and see. <laughs> then they came and they, they said, they just hung out with him for some time. Hey! <laughs> One of them called his brother, Piro, Piro. <laughs> Was it money they saw? It wasn't money. They saw. Forget there are things more than money. Money, uh, things, all this. I have this career. They, forget all those things, man. And one day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious. At that time, seven women would take a hold of one man and say, Look, man, it's not, we have money. We have everything. We don't need a house. We don't need shelter. Look, can we just bear your name? So that when we are going, I will have my name. My son name will be your own just to be associated with you. That means that they will sell everything they have to buy into glory. That's the age we are coming into. There will be a time it will be clear there is nothing on this earth. The world will begin to seek men of glory. People of glory. After some time, all the vain things will lose their sense, their worth. Souls will become wretched and hungry. 
Some people will just begin to follow you around. Can we just be near you? You wonder, oh, you've been in my house for so long now. Uh, are you not going home? <laughs> uh, you know, I just I said, let me just be here for some time, you know. <laughs> but your house is nice now. You have big screen TV. You have 40, 42 inch, all of that. You have a game and a... <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what they are drinking. They are drinking you. You. What God put in men, man cannot put it. God knows what he made his soul to carry. After a while, he will begin to drop them. Particles. Begin to drop. But imagine heaven will begin to load a soul with with spirit. The more spirit you carry, the more glorious the spirit will begin to it will begin to shine through. To begin to shine through. Are you getting what I'm saying? A man's life doesn't consist in the abundance of things which he possesses on the earth. Glory to God. There's a way that the worth, praise God, that worth is measured even in the spirit. Awake, awake, put on your strength. Amen. Let's, let's just close. Thank you, Father. Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth they shall no more come unto thee, the, the uncircumcised and what? The unclean. Shake thyself from the dust. Arise and do what? Sit down, O Jerusalem. Lose thyself from them. This is an instruction to you. I want you to hear this inside your soul. You understand what I mean? Whatever bondage you are sitting in, whatever bondage, wherever you are sitting, so the people who sit in darkness have seen a great light. This light should be sounding to you. They are telling you, shake yourself from the dust. Shake it up. You know dust likes to marry. When you stay in the dust, it wants to stay. No dust is also particles. Yeah. Uh, dust means particles of corruption. You know, that's what man had done. Imagine a man would bathe in dust and say, don't I look nice? That's, what, that's all we are doing. Everything we used to surround ourselves is like those angels are walk, looking at. Are you guys mad? Are you guys? Do you, why? Why would you? Why would you glory in corruptible things? Angel says, "Can't you see that this thing is passing away? It cannot stand the test of time." Do you see that? But they are saying, "If you arise, shake yourself." From the dust. You know dust also glitters in a way. Have you seen, have you seen a, a dust glittering in a ray of light before? Shining. But it's weightless. It's dust. Sit down, O Jerusalem. Lose thyself. Tell yourself, I will lose myself. I will lose the bands. I will, I will break out of this bondage. O captive daughter of Zion, for thus hear the Lord, you have sold yourself for naught, you shall be redeemed with that money, for thus hear the Lord God. My people went down aforetime to Egypt to sojourn there, and the Assyrian oppressed them without a cause. Now therefore, what have I here, say the Lord, that my people is taken away for naught? What, what does it mean to sell yourself for naught? To sell yourself for naught means you what? For nothing, you have no concept of value. 
In other words, the person you are giving yourself to has never paid you anything since the, since the day he met you. All he has been doing is stealing from you. You understand? So why are we working for the devil? Why? The devil will say, I've, give, I've raised this word, pursued this, pursued I say, yes, devil, yes, sir. This all, this, all this we shall do all our days of, the days of our life. That's what we do on the earth. But you ask him, Satan, all these years I've been serving you, all these years that I've been doing your bidding, have you given me anything? Since I've been serving you, I'm depreciating. Then <laughs> Satan, <laughs> you know how Satan will behave. You answer the question, I'm coming, just hold on. We'll talk about it. You know those wicked bosses, eh? When you go and ask for promotion, they'll drink water first. Like that. Um, <coughs> you know the business climate now. <coughs> Story, right? That's Satan for you. You can't blame him. He has nothing to give. <coughs> Thank you, Father. The thief commit not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life. <coughs> and have it what? more abundantly. Thank you. They that rule over them make them to howl. See the Lord. And my name is continually blasphemed every day. Therefore my people shall know my name. Therefore they shall know in that day that I am he that doth speak. Behold it is I. Then he now began to speak. And see how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of them that bring it good tidings. So, then pub, that publisheth peace, bring it good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, thy word, God reigneth. Now I want to ask you, who are them that bring it good tidings? Anybody? Messengers, right? Was he on Saturday? We we're talking about that. So the word tiding here is the same meaning as doctrine in Isaiah 28. This is different from knowledge. <clears throat> we know what I call message. New King James called it. King James calls it doctrine. New King James called him the message, right? But if you actually check the meaning of the Hebrew word, it's actually talking about, it's like tidings. <clears throat> tidings is brought by a messenger. So good tidings is not just a preacher. Someone that is a bringer of good tidings is a bringer of spirit. Is is a messenger. How they bear the tiding is in their vessel. Is in them. It's not a letter that they are holding. It's not precept. <clears throat> tidings are not precepts. Tidings are doctrine. 
or tidings are spirit. So you can see who they are talking about here. This is not a preacher. This is a messenger. Or this is an angel. Is an angel. An angel is somebody in whom the message is configured. Someone who bears the, who is an embodiment of the message. <clears throat> Are you seeing that? And he's saying that such a person, his feet upon the mountains are beautiful. Beautiful feet. Say beautiful feet. Beautiful feet. Amen. <clears throat> so you can see that feet is also a type of or the 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 feet of this person. The reason why he has beautiful feet, his feet is not the only beautiful thing. He's also beautiful. You can't have beautiful feet if you are not beautiful, <clears throat> right? Actually, he is beautiful, his message is beautiful, but the reason why they are speaking about the feet is because he is a messenger. Do you see that? And when a messenger is coming, you see his feet, his enters, his feet is always in front of him, all right? What appears, is the feet. That would tell you that. Right? That would tell you that. It says, is the feet of him. The feet of him. The feet of him. So it's telling you that they are tying these tidings to the person. <clears throat> are you seeing that? Yes, they are tying what? Now, why they say upon the mountain? Upon the mountain. It's talking because they're telling you that this tithing, so I'm just what I want to show you is that this place is not about preaching. If you are thinking of preachers who are bringing the word, you will not understand what they are saying here. What they are speaking about here are, this is, they are describing a worshiper, a person who, who uses mountain, right? Yes, is a is somebody who has who has mastery of ascension, right? Is what makes his feet beautiful. The main reason why they speak about the feet is talking about the, the, his, his ability for the way. The, his, he's talking about this qualification, right? For the mountainous ways. The mountainous ways means the way to arrive at the place of sacrifice. Of the pl or the place of worship, or the place of service. So you can see that what makes, so you can substitute almost feet for way. 
right? So what makes his way or his feet beautiful are the tidings which he has. The tiding is the doctrine, the spirit which he possesses. <clears throat> so if you're telling me that when that having tidings configures feet to be beautiful. If the feet is beautiful, the, the feet can take beautiful steps. So in the, in the ground of God's, where God is being served, God stands and God watches the feet of, of every person who is, an, who is a minister to him. Why is God conscious about the feet? God is not just looking at what you are doing. He's looking at how you are walking. Right, because you can lie, really, in things you do. But when, when you are walking, you, it's hard to lie in your walk. The steps doesn't lie. Right? Because if a person is walking in the right place, something is telling him where to put his feet. Yeah. Put your feet here. It means that, ah, he's gaining, he's having help. <laughs> he's having help. I was watching the movie, was it Born, is it Born Identity or Born? One of them, one of the Born movies. They were some bad guys were trying to, to kill or kidnap a journalist. And they, they trapped him in a, in a train station or something. And they were watching his movement. They put, I think they put a tracker or something on him. And then they were close to about catching him. All of a sudden, his movement changed. How he began to move in the airport. They were watching him. The moment he began to move a certain way, someone said, he has help. You know what that means? It means that somebody with... Wow. Somebody who has their, their what? Their training is instructing him. And indeed, somebody, one of the guys, the, the, the problem of the movie, a guy they were trying to track, who has a deadly training, is a weapon. They made him a weapon. They couldn't control him. He broke out and began to do things. He, he, he just called, he snuck a phone into the guy's pocket. The phone rang. He called the phone. Then he, was, he began to direct him. Stop now. Turn left, turn right. The moment he began to instruct him, they, could, they just saw his movement. They said, he has help. A novice layman cannot move like this. He was evading intelligence, security. You get what I'm saying? So, so, so what, what is that guy to him? That guy was giving him, was sharing his spirit. Which is the way he would move if he was there. He was sharing. That's what he called tidings. Releasing spirit. After a while, feet just began to change. So it means that <laughs> tidings made him wiser than governmental, I don't know, the CIA or whatever. They couldn't catch the guy. That's what tidings will make you. So are you seeing that kind of movement? Movement that... He, that evades darkness. Are you seeing that? It is this kind of movement that will produce the liberty. 
that they are speaking about. This is that captive daughter of Zion. When she begins to acquire beauty of movement, of ways, you will slip out of the hold, the grip of condemnation. After a while, God will begin to shake his head. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yes, ministries is ascending. Ministry is coming up. And you get to a junction, then I say, okay, it's now time to come into another beauty. Another garment. They will wear another garment upon your soul. Do you get, are you hearing what I'm saying today? Do you understand my message at all? So God's service is not come and do something for me and go, no. It's to change you. It's to make you better. It's to make you beautiful. And you can't serve without glory. Your heart must be fixed on the glory of God, the glory of the Lord, and the glory of God. If you can't see, see his things as glorious, you will not be able to muster the kind of service, the heart, the attitude, the kind of pursuit, the devotion which serving God entails. When, and when they are, they are opening you to God's glory, they will be judging your dependence on the glory of the world. It's not possible for you to see the world and God the glorious at the same time. When they are, they are glorifying God to you, they will be, the world begins to look ugly. Yes. Praise Jesus. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Tell somebody, will you be a pursuer of glory? Will you seek glory? You need to pray the prayer of Moses. Show me your glory. If you are you are lacking. That's what the, the spirit, the realm of the spirit, the world of the spirit. When, you're, when they are moving you into the Holy Ghost, they are inviting you, come and see glories. There are glories in there. There's something called the glory of righteousness. You must see it. Peace is, is another kind of glory entirely. There's a righteousness that makes peace. And it's what the, the glory of joy is the glory of the presence of God. It's another glory entirely. But there's a way the Holy Spirit will now have to show you what these things mean. Once you begin to see it, ah, you begin to make covenant in your heart. Just, I want to pray that prayer. Just pray that prayer. I'll just give you some time. You're just asking, Lord, say, God, I want you to begin to show me. Show me your glory. Open up. Open up the... The, the realm of glory in the spirit unto me. Bring that aside, that discernment, that which is glorious. The glories in the spirit, the glory of your house. I want you to I want to see it that ask the Lord show me let the garment which I need to purchase 
let it become clear to me. I want to see it clearly. Let its glory shine, illuminate, illuminate. There is something hanging over you. There is a garment hanging over you, which the Lord wants to wear upon your soul, an adorning, an adornment. Say, Lord, open it up, interpret it, show it to my soul, make it clear to me. Help me to see. Help me to see it. Neferana suren naramatoria stiveno. Embraitas evrenoiste veragasta. Embraitas erevenasta evrantus. Evrehenste vracation. Embrahatis. 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 Eranon. Eranos. Evraganios. Oh, 
Thank you, Father. 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 Lenana Kayara Matorius. Agriana Malamakosia. Repound. El Maha. El Maha. El Maha. El Maha. El Maha. Oh, Maha. El Maha. Epaha. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Worship you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Beautiful beyond description. To marvelous forms. Wonderful for comprehension. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, let your glory begin to appear to our soul, to our heart. I pray, begin to weaken the, the allure of vain things. Give us the heart the, to discern you, to see how beautiful you are, how beautiful your feet are upon the mountain. You, the great sacrificer, you wrote the manual of sacrifice, of service to your father, who offered your own self to him. Lord, help us. You said you bring, your word said you bring many to glory. Help us to be among them. Let that process of being brought to glory, we ask, let it be initiated in every heart. I pray, oh God, let us begin to gain the strength to turn a 
turn away our eyes, a blind eye to vanity, oh God. And Lord, I pray we begin to esteem beauty in the spirit, to find the land of the spirit, to find the things in the spirit, the inheritances in the spirit, even more beautiful and more glorious than anything on this earth. Thank you, our Father. We honor you. Thank you for painting our inheritance so clearly to us, Lord, that all pay the price, whatever it takes to inherit this beauty. I pray for everyone today. Lord, let the blessing of this message, the impartation of this word, let it rest strongly upon every heart. Let it follow every soul, O God, upon whom these words have come. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory. We step into our fresh garment, into our new garment. We step into our new garment of glory. Thank you, our Father. We give all the honor, all the praise, all the glory and all the reverence to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.